Hey everybody and welcome to the 10th episode of the Ask Dr. G show. This is the show where you ask the questions and I answer them. Today we have a really, really special episode. A lot of very applicable and very needed uh, thoughts um, that revolve around patient care. Um, and then the final topic of the day is something that I want to talk about, and it revolves around a certain movie, a certain movie that I am very passionate about, but we'll get into that at the end. The first topic of today, I put out a tweet about two days ago that had garnered some attention with some of the medical professionals that I follow, and they were you know, saying how much, you know, this message needs to get out more, um, how, how patients are uneducated about this concept, and if they understood uh, this premise about the human body, they would, healthcare would be a whole lot easier. One of the, part of the tweet said, um, patients want to hit that proverbial healthcare easy button where when something goes wrong, you know, like, oh, go to the hospital, fix it, boom, hit the easy button, and then I'm done, I'm back to normal. And and that's how we treat, you know, healthcare in in America is just as a, a get out of jail free card. And 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 I can preach wellness to patients till I'm blue in the face. People don't really they don't associate with wellness as one would think someone would associate with wellness. You would think someone would say, yeah, um, I want to prevent um, me from getting sick or injured or whatever. But that's not the case, and here's why. Healthcare has just gotten so frustrating and so expensive that people try to avoid it altogether. Like, there is no desire for, for people to want to have to go to the hospital or to the urgent care or to your primary. You're just like, the least I need to do it, the better. And that's most people's approaches. The problem is that gets into the psyche of avoiding healthcare or health-related issues altogether. Now, the, I'm painting with a very broad brush. Not everybody treats their health like this. There's a lot of very, very healthy people out there that are you know, working out on a daily basis. They're eating healthy. They're trying to keep their key, kids healthy. All of those things... So this isn't everybody, but the vast majority of people see healthcare and medicine as an emergency easy button, as I like to call it. But they're the judges of when they go and access healthcare. The last part of the tweet said, if you can tell something is wrong with your health, you've probably waited too long. What I mean by that is, Patients aren't trained to know little nuances in the human body, in the physiology, and how the body's supposed to operate normally. We're, before I went to, to school for this, I, I had an idea of what healthy was, but I really didn't know until I got trained to look for those subtle nuances in how patients present to a clinic. And so... Most, most normal patients, um, they, they're, they're untrained, and this isn't a knock on patients, but most people don't access healthcare until 
they sense something is wrong. Okay, you have um, high blood pressure and you wait until you have uh, a hypertensive episode or you have high blood glucose and you wait until you know you have either a diabetic coma or ketoacidosis, all those things. And you know, you wait until there's a health crisis to know or understand what you need to do. Um, and that's to access your, your doctor and get, get some help. Um, in my world, people don't come and see me for little aches and pains, um, except for a few people that I've been able to educate and say, listen, it's a lot easier to fix you when it's just a, a, you know, a two out of 10. But people wait until it's a 10 out of 10. And I've got um, the next topic, we'll get into something uh, something that really fires me up about um, accessing doctors for pain relief. Um, but that's neither here, um, that, that'll be there. Um, I, I find that the more I talk with patients, the more um, people are tr- starting to change that mindset away from just like um, waiting to get sick. Like if you're just waiting to get sick and you have your insurance card as, you know, whenever it, you know, this body breaks down, you know, I'm going to just go to the hospital and use my insurance card and it's going to be paid for. No, it's still going to be very expensive to go to the doctor, even if you don't do regular checkups. It's going to be probably even more expensive. Acute care and emergency medicine is the most expensive medicine um, because it's saving your life most of the time. And and I was talking with a couple uh, MDs and they were saying something to the effect of, yeah, patients wait until they know what's wrong and then they question uh, your recommendations when they give it to you. Um, and, and I'm okay with patients being educated and having input, but um, if you wait until um, you start to feel symptoms or you start to feel signs, um, your body's already compensated and been fighting that original illness or disease long before you sensed it. You know, something as simple as, you know, high blood pressure due to stress, you know, that's pretty normal in a lot of us. You know, a lot of us, our blood pressures are raised, but what if it was chronically raised, okay? Or our body would start to compensate elsewhere in the body with the the sodium, uh, you know, retention and, 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 and all the systems in the kidneys. Like, the body's compensating to find homeostasis, but a lot of times it it compensates pathologically. It's a normal physiological response to have high blood pressure. High blood pressure is not in and of itself a diagnosis or it's not a disease. It's a disease when it becomes chronic and unresponsive to any type of medications, any type of strategies. But by itself, the body's not just going to raise blood pressure because it feels like it. It raises it due to stress or inflammation or you know injury or diet or it could be a whole host of other things. But if left unattended, that high blood pressure becomes something that you're going to understand is a real problem and you're going to have a higher risk of stroke, heart attack, all of those things. And by that time, it's too late. Um, a lot of times... People, the first, you know, symptom of of a heart attack is a heart attack. But we would have known if you had 
high blood pressure or chronic inflammation in the arterial walls. There's things that can be done to to prevent those things if they're caught and managed early before you have any symptoms, before you feel any different. Um, in, in, in my world, my analogy that I always use is when someone has you know searing low back pain on the right side, on the right hip, I usually don't look at the right hip first. Um, a lot of times, in the low backs, you get a compensation, a crisscross pattern in the low back where the main issue is over here, but the body compensates with really tight muscle spasms and, and it locks everything down and you just can't move. You're tight. You're feeling like it's on this right side, dog. Why are you touching my left? I'm like, no, 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 no. That's the compensation. You waited until the compensation, but you were feeling stiff on that left hip for a while. Oh yeah, yeah, I was. Or I kind of I laid or, or I landed on my left hip weird. Thought it was okay, but I, I I just shrugged it off and took some Advil, and it was fine. Pain went away. Well, your body doesn't really forget that just because you popped in a couple, you know, Advil. You've got to you know make sure that that hip is working properly, or else it will transfer, and it will the body will compensate to the opposite side. So, whenever patients come to me. And you know, I, I do my thing. I figure out what's going on. Um, it's always funny to when the patients ask, "Why are you looking over there?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, this is how the body works. You you're feeling the compensations, um, and we've got to fix the root cause." And and sometimes when people say you got to treat the root cause, people come across and that's like super granola, like. Um, oh, you must be super holistic and, you know, wave essential oils and crystals over people. No, like, why wouldn't we want to treat the cause of the disease or the cause of the injury? Like, to saying treat the cause is not, you know, shouldn't be abnormal unless we're, we're so used to just treating symptoms that that's what medicine is now. Um, that's a poor poor application of medicine if we just treat symptoms. And, and I'm not dogging any type of profession at all because I treat symptoms all the time. You have to, you still have to, or else the patients aren't gonna come back. If you're like, you know, someone has severe knee pain but you keep treating their hip, like it might reduce their knee pain but if you never touch their knee, they're gonna be like, this dude doesn't even care about me. Like I told him my knee hurts, not my hip. Now you can educate him and, and get him to understand like, listen, it could be coming from your hip and the biomechanics, close kinematic chain, blah, 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 blah. Uh, it's coming from your hip. And then he's like, okay, we'll give it a chance. You know, but if you just completely ignore that, the, the knee pain, he's not gonna come back. He's like, you didn't even touch me there. Like you didn't even get to the root where my pain is. So you have to treat symptoms, but that can't be the only management tool that doctors use is just treating symptoms. So. Treating the cause should be standard standard practice nowadays. Um, and I think a lot of doctors are getting really, really good um, at understanding that balance of treating symptoms, but you know, finding that root cause. So my encouragement to you patients that are listening, um, get checked. Like it doesn't cost that much money. It's like a $60 copay, sometimes it's less you know, to see your primary care, just go get some blood work done, go get a checkup. Um, in our office, to get an exam on normal insurance policies, 
it's pretty expensive. That's why we started the proto prototype benefits package where you get two free exams a year. Like, just go get checked. It's not a big deal. It shouldn't be expensive. It's not, it's not like you're committing to, you know, a thousand dollars, you know, like, cause no one, no one wants to pay a thousand dollars just to be healthy. Um, unless you're like super, super crunchy and granola and you're like, no, we're, we're going all in. We're going, you know, range free grass fed beef, like, you know, crazy, you know, like then a thousand dollars isn't a big deal, but we're, we're, I'm not asking you to spend thousands and thousands of dollars. I'm saying pay like 50 or a hundred and just, just monitor it because the doctors are going to be able to see little nuances and changes in your blood work. Or I'm going to be able to see little nuances and changes in your posture, in your, in your, in your range of motion, in your flexibility, all of those things. Like it's pretty easy. Like it's not rocket science. Um, and we like to make healthcare sound like it's, you know, we're trying to send somebody Mars. Like healthcare is not hard. It's not complex. Um, like I think in our culture we put MDs and doctors and chiros and and all these medical professions on this pedestal of like, oh my word, you guys are so smart. And and. I think we've earned that right. Uh, we've done a lot of schooling, but we're not, you know, you know, so much smarter than the average human. Like we just chose to educate ourselves, go through ungodly amounts of debt and education to get a degree to allow us to help people. Um, so I don't think we should be, you know, making healthcare super complicated. Um, wellness and, and healthy living is not complicated. And anybody that tries to make healthcare complicated or, you know, hard for you to understand is just trying to keep you uneducated. Um, it's very similar to when, you know, back in the, in the Middle Ages when the Catholic Church, the only people that could read the Bible were the priests or the Pope. And the, 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 the parishioners couldn't read uh, the Bible for themselves. And it's just a way of keeping people, you know, uneducated uh, and, and and out of touch with with what's going on. And it happens in healthcare where we don't educate our patients as much as we could or should. Um, and I think we need to do a better job at educating patients on how to sense when their body is starting to shift out of homeostasis or out of normal um, before those compensations set in. Because if if you're waiting until you feel pain or you feel whatever. It's too late, and it's going to take twice as long, twice as expensive, and it's going to be twice as frustrating. So go get checked. All right, on to the next topic. Topic number two, alternative medicine um, has had an interesting little news cycle in the last uh, month. I get a lot of my news from Twitter. Uh, Twitter is instantaneous news. It is... Um, a lot of voices voicing their opinion um, on different news topics. And I like it better because you're getting everything. Like people that are, I mean, I could go to CNN.com. I can go to Fox News and I'm going to get a, sing, a, a certain slant on the news. Whereas Twitter, you know, who's ever got the most followers or whoever has the most engagements gets put to the top. So there's conservative voices that get put to the top. There's liberal voices that get put to the top. And same thing in healthcare, like, there's different factions that get put to the top because there's a lot of people that follow, you know, allopathic providers and holistic providers. Well, this whole story comes back to a, I think it was a journalist. Um, 
he woke up with searing neck pain, burning into his shoulder, like unbelievable pain. And um, went to his primary, gave him prescription pain meds and muscle relaxers, and they told him to put heat on his neck and shoulder. Okay. So he takes the pain pills, obviously, you know, makes him loopy. He doesn't like taking them, but he does it because he wants to get the pain to go away. Puts the heat on. It feels great. It's soothing. Ah, yeah. He wears it, puts it on, on his neck in and, and 30 minutes, and he's just like, oh, that feels great. I'm going to go to bed. Wakes up the next morning. Pain is like a 9 out of 10, like burning. Like So he put takes his pills real fast, puts the hot pack on, goes to work. Feels okay burning still by the end of the day he's had a hot pack on for a couple hours he's been taking you know eight rounds of the pain meds and the pain now is closer to a 10 it's getting worse so he goes back to the, the his primary and they just recommend a stronger pain reliever and muscle relaxer goes that for two days getting worse i mean i don't know if you can get worse than a 10 but he was explaining how he was starting to get tingling and numbness into his hand and if you're a physician, you know if you've got ridiculous symptoms and it's going down your arm or leg, that's it means it's getting worse. And it was starting to creep into his forearm. He's getting muscle spasms in his arm, uh, little tw twinges or tingling, I think is what he said, in his fingertips. Um, and so the, the doc said, keep the heat on it. You know, keep taking the pain meds. I'm going to prescribe you an even stronger pain med. <laughs> so now he's at his limit, I think. And... Uh, you know, he's not getting any better. He's actually getting worse. Um, and he tweeted this. He said, in my latch, last ditch desperate attempt, I bit the bullet and, uh, and went to schedule an, a visit with a osteopath. Dun, dun, dun. Like, like he's going to a witch doctor or something like that. <laughs> he's like, he made it sound like, oh man, it was, you know, I had to go out to Africa and find me a, a, a shaman. You know, it's like, and that, and, and that was the, the vibe that I got in the comments too, was like, oh man, you're lucky that you found a, a good osteopath. Like, like it's, it's something that, you know, it's a, it should be the last ditch effort. The, the osteopath was like, what are you, and he asked him, you know, what are you doing? Told him I'm taking this, 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 and this, um, doing heat. And he's like, whoa, 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 why? And he's like, well, my, my doctor told me to. It feels great. Okay, uh, no, put ice on it. And he said within like two days, the pain went from a 10 to like a 7. And 7 to a 6, seven, 6 to a 5. And um, it started to diminish. The osteopath was doing, uh, I believe he was doing spinal manipulative therapy, which is basically what us and osteopaths do for the spine. Um, I won't get into the science behind why that works, but... Um, his pain started just melting away. And he's just like, um, I've come to realize that, you know, primary care, uh, they're all over the place. And I, I trusted this guy wholeheartedly that he was knowledgeable and he wasn't at all. And this isn't a knock on that MD. Uh, his specialty is probably family medicine and like spinal stuff. Um, it's not, when it's not your specialty, I don't know anything about... Um, let's see, uh, what a gastrointestinal uh, physician does on a daily basis. I don't, 
I don't know the insides and outsides of, you know, the receptors and the the immune function in the gut and the the COX-2 receptors and like all of these things. I don't know anything about it. I know the names. I, I studied it. I know the blood supply and the nerve supply. But, you know, other than that, the function of it, you know, I'd have to go back and really, really research it. Well, these doctors, we don't have time to go back and research. If a, if a patient asks us, you know, hey, what would, if he asked me, what, what should I do for my heart? I'd be like, ask your cardiologist. You know, like I know enough to be helpful, but like if you're, you know, have conditions and you have compensations and you have all this and that and it's got this interwoven thing with your heart, don't ask somebody that's specialty is the spine and muscles. Like, and, and a lot of times chiros kind of get into where we think we're doctors of everything and it's like, no, um, stick to your specialty. That is another soapbox. I will not get on that today, I promise. Um, but his primary care was, you know, as confident as can be and, you know, was telling him wrong advice, like completely wrong. And the guy just was, you know, very frustrated. And he's like, I had this preconceived bias that getting a, a visit with an osteopath was like visiting a witch doctor. And I mean, osteopaths, it's basically medical school now. Like they're, 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 they can work in hospitals, they can prescribe, they can do pretty much everything. It's just a little bit different of an education. They get a little bit more holistic, a little bit more spinal. Um, so they know a little bit more. And, and in my, and like I wanted to comment say, you should have gone to a chiropractor. You could have been better in like two, three days instead of it being a month or a month and a half, you know? And it's just, and, and, and I'm biased because I'm very confident in what we do, but, but the, I don't like the sentiment that when we, when we ask our friends, hey, you know, who's your doctor? And someone says, I go to an osteopath or I go to a DO or I go to a chiropractor. People are like, why? Like, aren't you afraid like they're gonna hurt you? Or aren't you like, don't you wanna go to a real doctor? Like. That sentiment is so, so 1980s. Like, people get results by athletic trainers who get, I think it's like six months worth of schooling. It doesn't matter the degree or the letters after your name. Like, schooling just gets you the degree. Education is what happens when someone that's passionate about what they're doing goes out and learns outside of school. That's where the real growth um, of the physician or the medical provider or the healthcare pro professional actually occurs. And, and like I was at a conference this past weekend and, and the, it was run by an athletic trainer and it was unbelievable. The dude was awesome. So, so like I know this because I live kind of in a biased world where it's like, oh, you're a chiropractor. You know, like they kind of laugh. Um, so like I had no judgments for this athletic trainer. And he, he wowed me. I was like, dude, you're, you're unbelievable. Dude, I would let you treat my patients. Like, I think you could probably help them. Um, but we have this hierarchy that, you know, you got your MD and then everybody else is, you know, you know, got their education in the University of Congo. You know, like, it, those biases or those ideas are planted there. Um, I think just over time, we just start to put this, like, immense you know respect on the md and they're great dude there's some mds that are like my heroes and i wish i could be them um but i'm not i'm not i don't want to be an allopathic provider um if i did i could go to med school like if i put my mind to it i think i could but i i just think there's a better way to treat people um but you know even for this osteopath to have to go through that by like 
for that patient to have to go through that bias in his own mind, um, it's super safe to go see a chiropractor. Like you have to go to the right one, obviously. It's just like hiring a plumber. You don't want to hire the bad ones to fix your plum like pipes. You don't know that they're bad until they get there. So when you have a bad experience with a chiropractor, uh, it's not all of us. And and I actually spoke with an athletic trainer. Um, he came in for an exam. And he's like, dude, I was really skeptical about what you're going to do. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's just like, well, like what you hear about chiropractors. I'm like, what did you think I was going to do? He's like, well, I don't know. But there's like this like faux pas against, you know, chiros. I'm like, okay. You know, like, did I impress you? Are you feeling better? He's like, well, yeah. I'm like, okay, that's that's your new experience. And I said, there's there's healthcare professionals, there's massage therapists that are awesome. So um, the overarching theme is don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge a, a healthcare professional by its his degree or certification. Uh, give them a chance. Um, there's so many opportunities for for healthcare professionals to work together we don't because we're busy we don't because we see each other as as competition not as teammates um and that that's just part of it but um i really really encourage you guys if you're dealing with with healthcare issues especially like i'm going to talk about my specialty right now spinal musculoskeletal anything like that this stuff is not rocket science Okay, um, I got a patient right now, went to her MD for two and a half weeks, primary. Same story as what I was telling you earlier. She comes to me, she was 10 out of 10 for two and a half weeks. She's already down to like a five after like three visits. It's like, I, we see these all the time and I'm gonna write a report, like a journal report, a case study about her because it speaks to the heart of like medicines aren't doing anything for the physical component. They're doing stuff for the chemical components in our body. They're altering the, the chemistry. They're not doing anything for the physical parts of our body. Um, so that's my encouragement. Uh, don't see alternative medicine providers as <laughs> shamans or witchcraft you know, practitioners, whatever. Okay, moving on. Number three, and this is my favorite topic to talk about, prototype benefits all right what is it what does it mean um, I have pitched this a bunch of times to different companies not heard one bad thing about it which is probably a bad thing I probably should be getting some negative feedback to fix it and make it better because it does need to get better but in the same realm that dental insurance provides for um, cleanings and you know you can get in there and get your teeth cleaned twice a year um, we want to offer that to patients and so I started building this policy and for $10 a month, people can get two free exams a year. Pretty good, but we, we didn't stop there. Five x-ray studies a year, $0 copay for both. All the x-rays, all the exams, zero. For any treatment that is necessary, the average cost, just so that you guys know, to come see us without insurance, sometimes even with insurance, to be honest with you, is in the realm of 78 to 114. So you're looking at that. We charge $50. $50 copay, paying $10 a month. And you get a bunch of visits in the middle. Okay. So that's what we're, we're doing for, for our patients uh, moving forward. 
um, the people that want to, like some people don't want to spend the $10 a month um, for the entire year and that's fine. They'll pay the, and, and I have a patient right now. She's paying uh, $89 a visit. And I told her, you know, it's probably gonna take me five, six visits to get you better. So she decided, she did the math in her head. She's like, no, I'm gonna just pay the $89 a visit and I'll just keep paying that. I'm like, okay, you know, that's fine. So she's doing that. But other people have taken advantage of it and they're like, shoot, $10 a month, I'll, I'll, I'll pay 10 months up front if you give me two months free. I'm like, sure, 100 bucks. You know, so they're paying 100 bucks for all these benefits. Um, so it's really benefited uh, patients saving money we're trying to offer something that's going to really tackle the issue in health insurance right now. Um, I, I could spend 30 minutes on this and I don't have the time, but health insurance is really uh, screwing over chiros um, and chiropractic offices in 2020. And really they're screwing you guys too. Um, you might be on your policy, have 20 visits and they're only going to pay for three to six. So it's like, Kind of frustrating because then we put the bill on you guys and patients get upset at us because they think that well i have 20 visits in years so you shouldn't be charging me and then we're like it's not us i promise it's not us um but it is what it is and instead of staying and playing that game in health insurance uh we're gonna start our own um it's gonna be fun we're we're, we're, we're meeting with businesses and we'd like to meet with your business uh your clinic your gym whatever it is uh, we'd like to meet with you guys and uh, see how we can collaborate and get everybody some benefits. Um, yeah, that'd be fun. Okay, the last topic. This is my favorite topic to ever, 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 ever talk about. And so many people are going to think I'm weird. My wife already thinks I'm weird. Um, but it's Star Wars. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker came out last night. And me, one of my patients and his sons went to watch The Rise of Skywalker at 10.45. We got out around 1.40, had to be in the office here at, you know, 7.30. So didn't get a whole lot of sleep, but I wanted to give my spoiler review. So if you want to avoid spoilers, turn this off, go watch it and come back. Um, there's so much to unpack about this movie. Um, this whole sequel trilogy has been really interesting to me. Um, and I grew up watching Star Wars as like a seven-year-old kid. Actually, it was probably a little older than that. I was probably 10. Um, watching The Phantom Menace. And like for me, the prequels was the first Star Wars I ever got introduced to. So I watched number one, and I got to see it linear, chronologically. I didn't watch it the way that, you know, my parents' generation did, where it was 4, 5, 6, 1, 2, 3, 7, 8, 9. Um, I got to watch it 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. And, and it made Star Wars make sense in my head. I wasn't confused at all. And um, watching number one um, at a friend's house, um, the Gardeners, I'm going to throw their name out there, um, on a sleepover and I was just so enthralled by it and so I've been wrapped up since I was a young kid uh, lightsabers the force all that stuff and I'm the biggest jock in the world um, played all types of sports you know it was kind of the bad boy in high school but Star Wars was that thing that spoke to me on a nerdy level 
And so this is my one nerdy guilty pleasure is Star Wars. Um, and so these new sequel trilogies, uh, this new sequel trilogy has been really, really, really interesting. Um, though I, I, I didn't really like The Force Awakens. Like I was like, yeah, it was good. Like it, it was a Star Wars movie, so I was happy. But I wasn't emotionally attached to Rey. I wasn't emotionally attached to Kylo Ren. Um, didn't really care. I was a emotional, but I was entertained. So I liked the movie. I gave it like a six or seven out of ten. Then The Last Jedi, the most controversial Star Wars movie since Jar Jar Binks. Um, and I hated it. I fell asleep in the movie theater. Um, the Canto Bite scene, like, uh, it was just bad. And, like, I appreciate kind of, like, not following the same script as typical Star Wars movies. So that was cool to see something new. But, like, it was boring. And... That's just my opinion. A lot of people love it, but I just thought it was boring. So I was really disappointed and kind of like, you know, lost in Star Wars for two years. It sounds stupid. Like, it, this is, it's just a movie. But I could not wait for this movie to come out. Number nine, Rise of Skywalker. So I'm driving over to the movie theater last night and I'm listening to Duel of the Fates and Ray's theme and the Force theme and the opening crawl and like all of these things and and on my way over there and just getting into the, into the mood and and I get into the theater and you know it starts dun, 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 you know and, and all that stuff and so like I'm I'm being a kid again and I love it and the movie was really 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 good the critics don't seem to like it for whatever reason I think it's like 58% on rotten tomatoes but like the film the fan critics is like 80 or 90 now um it's a really, really good movie, and I cared. Um, Adam Driver, like, I hated his character. Like, I thought he was a whiny brat. He, he reminded me of myself when I was in high school. I was like, this dude's a punk. Like, I'd punch him in the mouth. And, and this movie, I, like, really deeply cared for some reason about his, his character arc. And his redemption at the end was unbelievable. Um, Ray... Like, I didn't really care about her character either, but this movie made me, like, she was so <laughs> powerful. She was overpowered, actually. She was so powerful that it's like, okay, like, you're awesome, like, just by default. It's like when you, you know, in Battlefront, when you got to play with Darth Vader and you're just like, <laughs> you know, whatever you want. Like, and that's, that was what Rey was. And it was cool. Like I, I enjoyed how powerful she was. She was, was really, it's really good. And I think it's good for, you know, people to see a woman, you know, kind of being super. I mean, we've gotten Wonder Woman, um, other movies that have displayed very strong female leads, and I think that's good. I, I mean, I'm not going to get into social justice warriors or anything like that, but like, I think it's really good for 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 girls to see that and be connected to Star Wars because Star Wars for a long time had just been a guy thing. Um, not, not across the board, but most guys were the ones that were into it because it was sci-fi, it was nerdy. Girls aren't really into that. Um, only a select few. So I think it was good. I think it, it brought in a lot of girls. Um, but her character, I was like digging it hardcore in this movie. The Emperor's back. I thought it was a little weird. His eyes and the way that they they presented his character was a little weird. I didn't, I didn't care that he came back. 
even though he died and Anakin brought balance to the Force back in um, Return of the Jedi. But, like, it was fine. Like, it was good. And it was really, really, like, something we hadn't seen before. So that was cool. Um, Poe and, and Zori Bliss and, and, and Finn was really, really good. Um, I don't have anything really bad to say about those characters. Um, the one thing that bothered me just a bit was the last act was like it's like okay like these battles are ridiculous like it's so big and like I almost feel like you know every movie has to get a little bit bigger has to get a little bit bigger and like back in four five and six things were very compact and and I mean obviously there's a death star but like um, it wasn't like seven billion ships going against eight thousand star destroyers. Like it was, it's a couple ships, a couple X wings, you know, like those types of things. And it was very nice and contained. There's some some lightsaber fights and that uh, lightsaber fights. Now it's this huge spectacle, and it's like it's almost too big. And so I'm hoping that they they go back to being kind of a a little bit more contained uh, universe because it's just got too big and it's like. Whoa, if, if I watched that in 3D, I'd probably get a headache. Um, there's just a lot going on. But Star Wars for me, you know, the way it ended, you know, when when all of the Jedi are, like, giving all of their their Force essence, I guess, into Rey to get her back up um, because the, the, the Emperor had, had sucked all of the, the, the life force out of Rey and Kylo... Um, she had nothing left. And so I think it's really, really, I, and, and the thing is I knew they were going to do this. Like I told a patient the day before, I think that the Emperor's going to suck them dry of all their force abilities. And then all the Jedi are going to funnel them. I thought it was going to go into, uh, to Kylo or to Ben Solo, but they're going to funnel it back into them and they're going to be able to beat the Emperor. And so they did that. They could have done it a little bit better in the movie. I think when the book comes out, it will be, explain better um of how that all worked but they did a really really good job with um with that scene um because i grew up with these voices that are showing up anakin skywalker mace windu obi-wan ahsoka tano like all of these people and it's just like ah you know so so the movie is really good and i i highly 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 recommend you go watch these movies not because you know you know they're they're you know really good movies or like you you should get into the nerdy thing like me it's just because they do teach some very very good lessons like hope um you know no matter how defeated you are you know you can come together with your friends and family and defeat evil that that fight between good and evil um and that balance is is super super like it makes you think it's not just a, a random criminal movie where you, you know, oh, this guy robbed a bank. Oh, cool. You know, like, Star Wars, like, has deeper meanings, even though on the surface it's just a bunch of aliens and space wizards that are slinging around, you know, laser swords. Um, it's the deeper meanings that I think Star Wars really speaks to me. Um, and a lot of people can't get past, they can't suspend their disbelief and watch these movies um, because it's so ridiculous. It is like, you know, <laughs> lightsabers never gonna happen in real life. Lightspeed 
never going to happen in real life. Going out in space is like commercial, like to where we can just hop in, you know, our, our 4GT and, you know, head on up to space. You know, with Elon Musk, what he's doing may be, but um, it's not going to happen. And it just, you have to suspend your disbelief of this will never happen. And just say, you know what, this isn't a galaxy far, far away. And let's let's just watch this for what it is. Let's not try to make this some Earth-based, like Star Trek. Star Trek tries to, you know, bring in Earth elements into their shows and TV um, and, and into their movies. And it's like, yeah, it's different from Star Wars. But you're trying to get it, get us to feel something that, oh, this could be possible. No, Star Wars is never going to happen, okay? Um that's why we watch it okay so make sure that there's a good lesson to be learned and if you don't have anything good to to teach us don't make a movie um don't just put something together and spit it out um i i will probably watch this movie five or six times um my wife will hate me for saying that but um there's just so much and i guess the one the one thing to just wrap all of this this whole thing up um, it doesn't matter what you like my wife likes Hallmark movies I like Star Wars movies um, I think the big thing that we need to understand is that entertainment can't just be escapism it can't just be escapism if you if you just watch entertainment to get away from your um, stressful job or marriage or kids or whatever um, it defeats the purpose of why escapism is so powerful. Um, Star Wars makes me think. It makes me ponder, like that fight that we all have, you know, the the light versus the dark, and and making right decisions based on you know me being a Christian, and and is this something that I should do or is it not? And that battle is something that we all struggle with, and it just speaks to me. So what? What I always encourage people like that don't have something that they watch, like find find something that speaks to the deeper meanings of life, not just vegetate for for twenty minutes or two hours on some you know dumb thing on YouTube or dumb movie. Like make it mean something, and and that's why Star Wars um, does for me, and I think for a lot of people. And so um, movie was great. I'm I'm gonna give it a 89% out of 100. Like I want, I'm going to go watch it again, hopefully tonight, maybe. Um, I'm going to watch it again, and I'd like to give it a 90 or above, but it's it's right there where the audience score is, that 88, 89 range, and I highly recommend it. But if you have not watched any of the movies, <laughs> don't go watch the last one first. Uh, you will be so confused, and you'll be like, "This is dumb." Um, go back and they're on Disney Plus. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You can get eight at Redbox, and then nine in the theater. You will spend about twenty-four hours doing it, but it will be well worth your time. All right, you guys have a great rest of your um, weekend. Christmas is next week, um, so I won't be doing an episode next week, but. The following week after the new year, we'll reconnect on the Ask Dr. G Show. Hope you guys have a great one.